Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. We welcome you back in. It is our number two of VSIN Bet Center live from downtown Las Vegas. Our Circus Sportsbook Studios, Ben Wilson, back with you. Our two of four, pleased to be joined from Detroit, Michigan, by our guy Dan Leach, host of the Detroit City Cast from Bet Rivers. He is enjoying himself. Uh, it's been a whale of a card, even though it is now late on the East Coast, Dan. We've got crazy action going on in the NBA, NHL, where we are approaching records on the ice. We're going to get to that in a moment because what we are seeing in Detroit uh, on the hockey tonight has been nothing short of amazing, something I did not think we would be mentioning. We're leading off an hour with. <laughs> uh, we'll get back to that in a second. But uh, first, we come down the wire, a couple of marquee college hoops games. It is a full sweat. I see you. Shifting in your seat, nervously awaiting the end here. Baylor with back-to-back huge buckets as we go to the under four media timeout. Let's get with that fist pump, Dan. There we go. Show it. as uh, Yeah, that's right. Baylor up four, 67-63 to the under four media timeout. Laying two and a half. I know you have them in a uh, money line parlay. Uh, but after Ochai Agbaji hit a huge three to tie the game at 65, back-to-back buckets for Baylor. And this thing has lived up to the hype of a couple of top 10 teams squaring off as we get ready for the calendar to turn to March. This is what, I mean, how can yeah, I know that there's not, there's people out there that maybe aren't as big a college basketball fans as you and I are and others are, but how can you not love this kind of atmosphere, these kind of games? I mentioned at least for me to feel good about where I'm at right now, uh, especially I mean, the money line is, you know, a four to six point lead under four. I'm kind of right there on target, but you know, you mentioned Abaji, who was one of five from three early when Kansas was up by 10, could have been 20. He's got 25 points in this one, keeping the Jacks alive, but Thaba was 17 and seven, some big buckets later. Some good defense late in the last few minutes during that last four minute stretch down from the eight minute uh, under eight minute timeout and a four point lead for Baylor. Uh, like I mentioned, this is not a game in late February in conference that's going to win you a national championship. Uh, but boy, these games mean something. Two top 10 teams. Whoever wins this game is going to have a nice little stepping stone confidence boost as you get ready for the conference tournaments and get ready for the big tournament. And this is exactly what we love if we're college, uh, you know, basketball uh, savants and fans of of the, of the beautiful game of college hoops. So I love it, man. I can't get enough of these kind of things. No, it, I'm right there with you. I echo everything you say on that. And for a game like this, Baylor uh, trying to right the ship after such a great beginning to the year, as we always talk about, it is a long season in the college basketball world. Have fought through some injuries. You mentioned it earlier, Dan. Some of the struggles down the stretch would be a big win for them. On, on a night that has really been characterized and just a day in general in the college basketball world, 
been characterized by upsets. We have, we are potentially going to see the three teams that began the day as projected number one seeds all go down. Colorado is 325 away from its first win over a top two team since 1992 as they lead 68-59 as a get in this game getting nine and a half market wide against Arizona. There was a near skirmish that broke out. It's had that feel all night of an Arizona team, Dan, just not on its game, something we have not seen very often this year, 25 and two, 15 and one in Pac-12 play. And they've looked like a frustrated young group tonight. It's been one of those things that Arizona detractors have pointed to all year as to why they're not buying stock in Arizona come NCAA tournament time. Maybe this will be one of those lessons for them that helps Tommy Lloyd's crew once we get into the tournament. Yeah, hey, listen, all due respect to the Pac-12 and all due respect to the team like UCL that I was in that game in Indy last year when they beat my Wolverines. Uh, Pac-12 teams are kind of known for this where you've got a team that's in the top four, a team that looks like they're good enough to win it all, and they kind of fail in big situations. Now, I'm not trying to say that Arizona losing this game is you know, going to end their chance to win it all. We talked about it earlier. This is an incredibly well-coached team, an incredibly talented team, uh, but this game is feeling like it's uh, about teetering on the brink and the, it being over for Arizona. And, and you know, all that can do for a team that's a, a top four type team in the country, but as you know, is reinvigorate them, refocus them, and get them ready for what really matters, which is a run in the NCAA basketball tournament. And obviously, you want to win the Pac-12 as well, but these are the kind of games when you're 25-2 and two and you're basically a double-digit favorite on the road against a Colorado team that's good but not great, uh, where you say, listen, how do we let this happen? We've got to kind of re, you know, not go back to the drawing board per se, but kind of reset ourselves and, you know, let that bad taste in your mouth sit there over and over again for the next couple of days till they play next. And these are the kind of grow up kind of losses that can really help a team like Arizona. But for Colorado, boy, what a win this would be. And it's looking like it's going to happen. They're up by 11 now with about to be three minutes left in the second. And I mentioned Jamari Walker with 15 and 12 now, a double-double for the forward from Colorado. This is going to be, as you mentioned, first time since 92 mm. that they beat a top-two team. That is that is awesome. I've, I've got a lot of friends that have gone to Colorado. Uh, I, I've been to that city before. They're going to be partying, maybe going on to some mountain climbing late at night based <laughs> on the weather uh, in Colorado tonight. There you go. Popping some Coors Light or something. Pop yes, there pop the Coors Light. Very very apt. Way to way to know your. I know if you're from the Midwest, you got to be a regional beer, you know, kind of. Course. We Dan and I both pride ourselves uh, on on that piece of uh, yeah that piece of knowledge. Yes. So first time since '92, and this will uh, this will come come to fruition for Colorado. They're up 13 now with two minutes left. It's unfortunately for the Buffs, a little, too little, too late. Too many injuries this year. They're not even really in bubble consideration at just nope. 18 and 10. This will be their by far their most impressive win of the season, but. Too many bad losses against some of the dismal teams at the bottom of the Pac-12 uh, to keep them from dancing. So uh, they're going nuts. Uh, bench warmers are coming on here, 75-59, as we just got a big bucket in Baylor. So there's the, the fist pump from Dan is coming again and a big stop to boot, although I think a foul behind the play. So six-point lead for Baylor, three minutes to go. Scott Drew appears to be upset, but you're still in a pretty good position here. So Baylor up six. Uh, looking to pull that, uh, it would not be an upset based on the closing line. They were laying two and a half, but by seeding, it would be Colorado going to pull the big upset over Arizona. We're awaiting the tip tonight. Uh, coming up in a couple minutes here between Gonzaga and St. Mary's going to go at any minute. Now this will close 11 at a couple of shops, including behind us at Circa. Some late Gonzaga money coming in. Uh, the, you know, these, these pale in comparison to Chicago State from earlier today, Dan. That was our biggest upset on the board. But on a day that has featured the upsets, 
uh, even Chicago State. They were 10 to 1 on the money line, at least uh, behind us at Circa. That has been our characteristic. I don't know if you got involved there with uh, Chicago State, Dan, but that was that's, that's our uh, upside I, of the day so far. It's going to take a lot to top that one, I'll tell you that. Yeah, one of my biggest rules uh, in recent recent years in college basketball is never bet on Chicago State. So I was not part of that. Uh, I wish I was, that's for sure. By the way, my man, the mayor of Waco, Matthew Manners, with that big three for the, there the, the third okay. fist pump and a couple possessions. Five-point game, three minutes and a second left. Uh, you know, I, this is just what it's all about. I mean, not just because I have cash on it, I'm sweating it out, but, you know, these top 10 games. And, you know, we talked about the Auburn-Tennessee game earlier, big win for Tennessee. Uh, you know, after, you know, Jamari Smith, who could be the overall number one pick in the draft, at 27-8 and eight, uh, for Auburn. This is what it's all about late in the season. You know, teams trying to stay, as we mentioned, on the bubble, get off the bubble, get onto the bubble, whatever it is. And then teams like Kansas and Baylor, you know, trying to make a claim for a two seed, a one seed, and and a chance to really make a run in, in the NCAA tournament. So I love it. Even if I lose this game, I'll be a little upset. But, uh, you know, I, this is what it's all about, man. Look, I, I echo everything you say. As we've, we've discussed, this is the beauty of betting this time of year in college basketball. And you, you try to pick your spots. We'll, we'll talk here in about 20 minutes with our guy, Vinny Maliulo, helps run things behind the counter at the South Point Sportsbook and, and how he and his team try to tackle days like today because it, it is easy to get overwhelmed. In the There is just so much volume, so even, even just in one sport here in college basketball, over 150 all games in conferences, final week of the regular season for a lot of the small conference teams. And that's not even mentioning some of the NHL, the NBA, NBA action, soccer, golf, tennis that you have on the cards. Uh, so there is, yes, a lot to digest today. And speaking of, probably one of the least paid attention to two games, Dan, at least in, unless you're in the cities of Detroit or Toronto, was this Maple Leafs Red Wings game that just went final over at Little Caesars Arena, which came a goal away uh, from tying a modern day NHL record. It has gone final. Maple Leafs, since we last checked in on this game, scored twice. More, eight goals in the third period, 17 goals for the game, 10-7 your final, touchdown and a field goal, uh, the the difference there for the Maple Leafs over the Red Wings, 10-7, Maple Leafs were minus about $2 to two fifteen on the money line, your total of six and a half uh, went over in the third period alone, uh, what, what a weird, wacky game that uh, came a game away from tying the modern day record of 18 scored in a single game. I feel like that oh, that six and a half went over like four minutes in the third period. I mean, it was yeah. out of control. We had three goals scored in like, it seemed like 90 seconds when we were talking. Every time I looked up, another goal scored. And by the way, all due respect to the great uh, St. Patrick's who lost to Montreal 14 to seven back on January 10th, 1920. And I know that was two months for Montreal uh, beat Quebec 16 to uh, three. The modern day, which, you know, let's go back 70, 80, 90 years, uh, was 18 goals. There was like six or seven games that had that. The Wings and Jets uh, were one of them. And we almost got that better. We almost got that to happen in like, you know, the last couple of minutes where we saw four or five goals scored in a three, four-minute stretch. So, uh, yes, I'm an idiot for not taking the over. I knew that that was the right play. And I'm not going to be that mad about it, but – I mean, I was at LCA earlier watching the Pistons Celtics, and then hours later, you have the doubleheader with the Wings, and you see 17 goals. That's pretty awesome for those home fans that obviously saw the Wings lose, and there, of course, were a ton of Maple Leafs fans there. There always is. You know, we're right on the border of Windsor, Canada, yep. and a lot of Maple Leafs fans, you know, uh, inhabit that space. There's a lot of Maple Leafs fans that live in this area as well. I mean, if you're not a Red Wings fan, you're a Maple Leafs fan in this kind of area uh, of the country. And that is just an incredible game for those you know guys and girls that drove down from Toronto for the Wings fans that were there. That's just insane. They they got their money's worth. I'll tell I'll tell you that they uh, sure did. Seventeen. I 
even if you lose it, you, you take that 17 goals. You are going to be doing some more fist pumping here in a second, uh, by the way, Dan, because Baylor, James Akinjo, there we, yes, there it is. Big and one. Akinjo was, uh, had been terrible. One of nine from the field. Picks a pretty good yep. time, though, to go and one with a minute left. And Baylor now just gets fouled after a KU miss. So Baylor going to get the job done. They were down 13 in the first half. 76-68 Baylor with 57 seconds left. They're also storming the court right now in Boulder. It is over as Colorado gets the huge upset over Arizona. 79-63 is a nine-and-a-half point home dog. A lot of upsets happening on the college basketball card. When we return, we're going to go deep dive into the bubble watch for some teams squarely on the bubble. We'll first cover the teams who are on the right side of the bubble entering today. How did they fare? What do we think of their prospects going forward? We'll get Dan's thoughts on all of those situations on the other side as a very interesting rocky day in the college basketball world continues. We'll discuss more as we get ready for March Madness. The road to March continues as we discuss next here on VSIN Bet Center. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot. But the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. This is Bet Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24 7 streaming daily best bet emails and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson on every key team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VSIN through April 5th for only $19 at vsin.com slash madness. We are so ready for the madness. Uh, not only on VSIN Bet Center. But, I mean, everywhere on, on the network. Dan Leach is ready for the madness as we're, we're back with him joining us from Detroit, Michigan. They got Big Ten fever over there. Even, you know, you got you got the blue background and everything going there, Dan. I love the mood lighting. The fist pumps are going. And, and you just beat, uh, you got a nice winner there for at least your Baylor Bears that you bet on tonight. As they have totally turned this game around. End up outscoring Kansas by 23 down the stretch. From down 13 to winning this game by 10. They are dribbling it out. 80 to 70 is going to be, it looks like our final score, unless we get some walk on shenanigan. Uh, but what a statement <laughs> for Baylor as, uh, as they come back from down double digits in the first half, 
that the last bucket they got also sends this thing over. It was 148 and a half for 149. So if you had the over, you made up a lot of ground in the second half. And this will end 80 to 70 for Baylor. So a huge win for the Bears. That means three of our four teams on the one seed line entering today, Dan. They all go down. Auburn then followed by Kansas. And we just saw Arizona go down as well to Colorado. So let's make it four. We make it four because I got St. Mary's plus 10 and a half. And they're up by, you know, seven right now early. Let's make it four. Eight uh, eight nothing out of the gates for for St. Mary's. 10-3 right now at the under 16. So good start for the Gales and Moraga. A good, it's, look, it's been a good day for you, Dan. I know you will be paying very close attention, though, to your Michigan Wolverines tomorrow as we start to take a look at our bubble watch in college basketball because uh, there are really four sets, at least, of teams on the bubble. The teams that appear to be relatively safe, but some who have very daunting schedules down the stretch. And as we looked at uh, some of these teams coming into today, we can go through and see where they stand right now. So as we first take a look at the teams who based on the Joe Lenardi ESPN bracketology were the last four buys entering today. So teams comfortably in, but not a whole lot of margin for error. North Carolina was certainly in that boat in a game at a down NC state team. It could not afford to lose two. And uh, curious to get your thoughts just on North Carolina in general, Dan, a team that has been, uh, has appeared to be uh, under a first year coach in Hubert Davis, pretty much a mirror of what we saw last year under Roy Williams, a team that plays at a helter skelter tempo, but undisciplined, prone to really sloppy stretches at times. They came out, got up huge early, and then hung on down the stretch on senior night over Kevin Keats's NC State Wolfpack. They win at 84-74 as a four-point favorite. They appear to have done enough at this point. Feel pretty comfortable that they will be in the NCAA tournament. The question is, how much do you trust this fairly young, inexperienced Tar Heel team under a first-year coach going forward? Well, they're they're a head scratching team, and yeah, listen, Hubert Davis after the you know the long time of Roy Williams being there and just the kind of continuity, you never know what you're going to get. But obviously, there's a lot of ties that Davis has to North Carolina. But I'll tell you this: if you get a game uh, like you did today from Junior Armando Bacote, who had 28 points and 18 rebounds, uh, anything's possible. I mean, I like North Carolina. I think they're a very very talented team. 13 and five in the ACC is nothing to sneeze about. 21 and eight overall, and as you mentioned, firmly in the tournament for now, at least off that you know uh, last or into a line where they have to play a a game in Dayton. And I think they're the kind of team that if they can gel under a first-year coach, and you've seen this happen uh, in in tournament runs before, they've got the kind of talent based on where their bracket is if they get in and and matchups, you know, looking forward to the second round, Sweet 16, et cetera, that they could be one of those teams based on what they've got that they could they could make a deep run. I mean, I think they're. I'm not as nervous about a team like North Carolina as I I would be if I'm a Rutgers fan or even my Wolverines. And we'll get to the Wolverines. I know in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but North Carolina, that was a nice win for them earlier today, and they've got the kind of talent if they can kind of really be cohesive and trust in their first year head man, uh, they could really make a deep run in the tournament. I think it's gonna be fascinating to watch them uh, as they get through the conference tournament and get ready for March Madness. And while I say, Dan, they've they've appeared at times to be scatterbrained and not necessarily disciplined. Look, they're a top 25 offensive efficiency team in the country, top 40 in Ken Palm playing, well, albeit in a down ACC this year, but still a pretty solid schedule for them. And they've come up with a a number of decent quality wins to put them in this position. The same cannot exactly be said about Rutgers, as you point out, a team that is 125th in offensive efficiency, and not playing very good basketball at the wrong time. Three straight losses, including today, where against a Wisconsin at home, this was a big opportunity 
uh, for, for a game against 13th ranked Wisconsin. You, you think about where they were in at coming in. They were laying two and a half today in that game. But after making a big charge coming back in the second half, at one point taking the lead, they're unable to get the job done, have now lost three straight, sit 16 and 12 under Steve Peichel and have a very tough end here. Now it'll be a, a game against a fellow bubble team in Indiana coming up on Wednesday. Who knows? Like you go into the NCAA, into the big 10 tournament, probably going to draw a pretty, a pretty tough bracket with only being 10 and eight in the conference, right in the middle of those big 10 standings. Uh, but not exactly the, the amount of confidence you would want in a team like the Scarlet Knights that made the tournament last year and, and was at least playing in much better form when they entered March at this time a year ago. Yeah, Ben, I'll tell you this. Metrically, you know, until these three losses in a row, they were they were they looked pretty good. I mean, whether it was efficiency, whether it was the eye test, whether it was what they were able to do, you know, just kind of playing a very tough, as we we know the Big Ten, maybe getting nine teams in if the Wolverines and Rutgers get in in the tournament. So it's been impressive to see what they were able to do but recently, and that was a big win for my Wolverines uh, against the Rutgers team that obviously has kind of been fading. But listen, you got Harper Jr., you got Geo Baker. I think they're very well coached. And, you know, being battle tested in this Big Ten. Yes, they're not playing good right now, but they can turn that around quickly with a nice little run in the Big Ten tournament or the final uh, few home games they have or the final few regular season games they have in the Big Ten. But they're, they're, they're just an interesting team because there's not a lot of history there. You know, they're in a, in a conference that's got teams like Purdue and Michigan State and Michigan that have gone on Final Four and, and deep runs in recent years, but they've hung with them at times. But that, that game against Michigan... I really looked at that as a game that really kind of shows you that Rutgers is going in the wrong direction because Michigan, yes, I, I love Phil Martelli having to take over for Juwan Howard. The guy was a you know multiple decade coach at St. Joseph's. I, when Juwan Howard hired him, I knew that Juwan Howard was doing, knew what he was doing in his first ever head coaching gig. Uh, but to, to be in that spot after the suspension and all that, you know, missing a couple of players, Diabate being right. one of them for Michigan, going to Chrysler, not getting the job done, that showed me that Rutgers was kind of really fading. Uh, and that was obviously a huge win for Michigan. So this is a big next uh, week or so for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights to stay in the tournament and also have a chance of maybe doing something in the tournament. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss Michigan a little, little later on as well. We'll go through all the bubble teams who did not play today that have massive matchups tomorrow. Michigan is first and foremost dead, especially with your Michigan ties. We're going to get to them later on in the show as they have a big game uh, taking on Illinois tomorrow at uh, the Chrysler Center. The other team in that last four by category we wanted to get to, a team in TCU who's put up good numbers metrically this year under Jamie Dixon very solid defensive team always hard to play against especially on their home court there in Fort Worth top 30 defensive team efficiency wise this year but really hadn't had a signature win this season they beat a lot of the bottom half teams in the Big 12 taking care of the teams they were supposed to beat not many bad losses but really no marquee wins until today a, a massive win for TCU that you have to think Dan all but assures themselves of being comfortably in the tournament as they beat Texas Tech 69 66 and, and take out a top 10 Red Raider team at home today yeah you go for miles and miles my man Mike Miles with 26 for TCU that's a team you know you, you see these teams in power five conferences Ben whether it's the big 12 SEC big 10 where they're not like forgotten. They're not teams that people don't think have a chance to be something that could be special and one of those, you know, uh, you know, big upset type teams and, and Cinderella's come tournament time. But TCU to me fits that example perfectly because they've got enough talent and they've got the ability to be one of those, you know, surprise Cinderella type teams and to get a win against that Texas Tech team that's played so well, you know, really made Texas look silly last weekend and played such great defense to get the job done the way they did earlier today. I was very impressed. And I think TCU's got a lot to, to say before all is said and done about 
what they could end up doing in the big dance. And I'm with you. I think that unless something crazy happens, they should be firmly in the tournament. And well, it's a tough stretch to come up. They have, they have to play Kansas twice back-to-back days because of rescheduling and everything like that. Right. So they'll, they'll have Kansas twice and then West Virginia on the road to close. But with the 18 wins now in the marquee win today, should be in good position, TCU. I will sneak in one more here before the breakdown because Loyola, Illinois, and Northern Iowa, they basically play the regular season championship game today. Crazy game, one in double overtime by Northern Iowa, uh, 102-96 over Loyola, Chicago. Certainly could have, will be very live to win the Missouri Valley Tournament, but potentially their at-large hopes took a did take a hit today. They will go from uh, from that last four in crew probably to first four out when the new bracketology comes out on Monday. Yeah, nothing like the Valley, Arch Madness, and that that was a crazy game. You know, buck 02 to 96, and in respect to Northern Iowa for winning that game, uh, and, but A.J. Green with, you know, seven of his 32 points in overtime to, to take down Loyola Chicago, and like you said, that kind of is – uh, they're going to move to the different line out of the out of the bubble, and they'll still have a chance, obviously, in the conference tournament. That was a, a tough loss for the Ramblers against Northern Iowa. Yep. Yeah, been an impressive season under a first-year head coach, but you have to think now not winning the regular season title, given how Missouri Valley is not that deep this year, they'll probably have to win that conference tournament. You would think to get in, could be wrong. We'll see. They're squarely on the bubble. We, we love this bubble talk. It's so fun. We're going to talk behind the counter perspective with Vinny Maliulo next here on. This is Beth Center on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with VSN's full court bracket betting coverage starting Sunday, March 13th, with six hours of free live video streaming on VSN.com including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. The VEASAN College Hoops experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers, like Vinny Maliulo making the lines, to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one tournament betting with the VEASAN College Hoops experts on Sunday, March 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern, free on VEASAN.com. I mentioned that name, Vinny Maliulo, because as we welcome you back on VEASAN Bet Center, one of the staples of our show, it is... Vsin Vinny joining myself, Ben Wilson, and Dan Leach from Detroit, who uh, helps Chris Andrews in. He's part of the gang behind the counter at the South Point Sportsbook. Vinny, I imagine you you were just putting your feet up and uh, relaxing today. There wasn't much for you to 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 book today with over 150 ah. games on the card, right? Uh, easy day for you, right? Jesus, there, Jesus, there was only something going on today to uh, to keep uh, keep our mind off of uh, off of baseball. Well, good to be with you guys, <laughs> fellas. Yeah, last uh, last monster day. Uh, for college hoops, uh, monster Saturday, uh, until, uh, you know, we get to, obviously to the tournament, but, uh, exciting, great games, uh, going on, uh, today. And of course, uh, the road proved to be uh, pretty treacherous for, uh, some of the, uh, teams that look like they're going to be on that, uh, number one and number two line, uh, when we, uh, we get to selection Sunday on uh, March 13th. Yeah. A lot, yeah, a lot of carnage uh, today, Vinny. I, I am curious and we're watching too, with the three projected number one seeds already losing today and Gonzaga down early. Dan, Dan uh, is wanting the game to be stopped right now. 1914 St. Mary's 850 to go here in the first half. I'm you know, Vinny. We always talk you know, on, on Saturday nights before a big NFL Sunday. And you know, there's the 15, 16 games on the card, but the, the numbers have been up since Monday. You sort of know how, how the bookmaking process goes there or, 
but let's say for NCAA tournament time, you know, it's, it's the four pods of four, the 16 games in a day, but for a day like today, where it's over 150 games in just one sport, we're not even talking NBA, NHL, all the other stuff you guys are responsible for booking at the South point. Can you, you take us into the mechanics and the logistics of how days like these are handled by, by a staff like yours when you, between your team, have so many games volume-wise to cover and, and try to stay on top of from the bookmaking perspective? Yeah, that's a good question, Ben. And, and let's remember this, too. So with every one of these games comes uh, not just the side and, and the total, but the money line, right? Oh, by the way, first halves and second halves as well. And then for a select number of them, a significant number of them, you have the end game. So here's the, the greatest thing. We learned this a long time ago. Take advantage of Friday and uh, get get the numbers up on Friday uh, afternoon and uh, start taking action on them. Because, you know, you got to load them in, in, uh, in the system. It, it's, it's, it's a lot easier now, too, because of the interfaces that take place to where the, you know, the games are loaded. All you have to do is populate with your odds. But still, it's an undertaking, right? Uh, but uh, the biggest thing that we've got going is that you've got a, a, the ability – to get these up a day in advance where there's not as many games, the big NBA game, uh, day on Friday, obviously. Uh, but, uh, and then let's remember too, so you've got, uh, we had a UFC card tonight, of course, another NBA uh, slate and then uh, a pretty good hockey card too. But the, uh, the, the best thing for us is this, get the numbers up, start working on the prices after Thursday's games, get them up uh, and uh, get them on Friday, get a head start on things. And uh, you get some good intel, too, because the respected uh, bettors are, are, have also made their numbers, and they're ready to bet on Friday, too. General public gets involved pretty much uh, uh, day of. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating stuff. Because, I mean, any, uh, 80 games is, is one thing, 150, and you mentioned all the other things going on. It's incredible uh, what you guys do, such respect for what you do. And I, I wanted to, we were just kind of having a little bubble discussion and talking about teams that are hopefully getting off the bubble for themselves, getting into the tournament. And, you know, you think about this time of year as, as you've got teams getting ready for conference tournaments and then the future side of things. And, of course, you guys have futures up and down uh, the card everywhere. Are you seeing some some moves by you know people making wagers on futures for teams like you know on the bubble like oh, Michigan Wolverines my team or North Carolina had a big win today over NC State TCU with their big win over Texas Tech are you seeing movement on some of the futures for teams that might not get into the tournament but if they do would have a chance to make a run yeah good uh, good point Dan yeah you you might see that somebody uh, when when there's a desperate team you know what you know you're going to have a pretty good uh, you know, you're going to get them at a pretty good price. But I think what folks from primarily are waiting for now is the tournament itself, right? Sure. Uh, what we have going for us at South Point is we put up a, uh, a proposition where we put up three groups of six teams and a field. And within those groups, you've got uh, definitely what we're, we're going to see on the number one and number two line. But also in the field, you've got some pretty good teams as well. So um, if you believe that a team like a Michigan uh, who play tomorrow, right, that's a big game for them tomorrow. And, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're, uh, listen, you know, they, they got a lot, uh, a lot going for them in terms of incentive and things like that. But if you can get a price on them and you think they're going to get there, you're going to be able to get a good number on them and then take advantage of it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, why not uh, take a shot with a team like that? But the futures also people, 
for the most part, I think you know the the, uh, uh, the folks out there have got their their future bets in already. But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, if you know, it pays to shop for futures just like every other price. And you get a game like today, or look at look at tomorrow, look at tonight. If you think you know that game tomorrow uh, with uh, uh, with Michigan, and uh, uh, they're playing Indiana tomorrow, right? I don't have, Illinois, I don't, I don't have enough games, Illinois, and we don't have enough. Uh, obviously, we don't have enough games uh, going, uh, and they're going to be uh, pretty much that game is a pick'em. So, yep. in, in in a sense, you know, you might get a point here or there, but if you think that you got uh, you know a chance uh, for them to get into the dance, and you you know what, look for look for a, a nice number on them. You know, you might be able to get yourself, uh, you know, depending on what exposure a book has, you know what, you might be able to get yourself uh, better than 75 to one on a team like that. Why not take a chance? And, uh, you know, from our side of the counter, the more, uh, the more we uh, do in the future, both the better. The the more, the merrier for Vinny Maliulo as he joins us. Follow him again at VEASAN. Vinny joining us. He's a part of the team behind the counter at the South Point Sportsbook. We can flip the conversation as well, Vinny, to the very top of the market. We're talking about some of the bubble teams a moment ago, but when you see a day like today, so close to postseason play here, where you've got the blue bloods going down, upsets all over the place. As a bookmaker and looking at your your power ratings that you and your team do from behind the counter, how do you balance the the weight of having losses like those for these top teams so late in the year that public betters certainly are taking into account. Now, all of a sudden we'll get the narratives of, all right, Arizona's too young or, you know, Kansas, they've, they've had some down spots this year or Auburn. Are they really that good warranting a number one seed? How do you balance some of the late season public narratives when you see these big upsets and still try to keep your numbers as up to date and, uh, you know, and, and as sharp as you feel like you can from behind the counter, given how strong a lot of these teams have been early on and throughout the middle part of the year, given their large standing coming into a, you know, into a slate like today where we saw so many big, big teams lose outright. Yeah, Ben, you know, it's, uh, there's a couple of things when you go into that narrative, right? Um, you, you look at like the can, the game that just got over between Kansas and, uh, uh, and, uh, uh, Baylor, right. You don't want to overreact. I mean, that's a tough setting. Uh, there's no doubt about it. The same thing with Arizona going into, uh, Colorado, which is, uh, you know, a, that's a, that was a, a tough spot for them. Uh, especially, you know, atop the uh, atop the conference, they only had one loss in the conference going into this game. Colorado, again, you got to take into consideration who's desperate to add to their resume. Obviously, the Buffs were. So, you know, do we tweak? Yeah, we'll have, we'll do some tweaking. I mean, you know, Kentucky's a great example today too, right? They went uh, in and uh, you know they covered on a on a miracle shot at the end there. That's uh, that game was not. Not necessarily a two-point game. There was a heave at the, at the buzzer there that, uh, that put the game on too, and they got both, you know, their guards back today as well. But you don't want to overreact. They're going to be neutral courts uh, when these teams go, and a lot of times too, these a loss. I'm not going to. I don't like the term a good loss, but sometimes mm-hmm. these, uh, you know, losses at this particular time of the year, they make a team uh, a, a bit better. Uh, you know, brings them down to earth and, uh, you, you know, you follow the coaching and how they're going to handle it. But uh, you kind of expected today, uh, this was a desperate day for some teams. So you got to pay that, uh, you know, put the, keep that in the back of your mind too. But uh, where, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's about current form. And, and if you look at a team that's really made a move guys in, uh, in the last couple of weeks, I'd say it's probably Duke, you know, uh, about uh, two and a half weeks ago, I probably had Duke. I didn't have them as high as uh, 
a three. I probably had him uh, maybe a three or a four. But now, I mean, uh, you know, the more uh, we get closer to Selection Sunday on the 13th, they're probably going to be a two. And you got to anticipate, too, the committee is going to do- – the committee's going to love Coach K, guys. There's oh, going to be a lot of sentiment. What makes you say K that, Vinny? What makes you say I mean, that? Trust me when I tell you that. On the one seed line when we wake up uh, on Monday. Vinny Maliulo, always appreciate you giving us some time on a uh, just a just a slightly busy Saturday night. I'll follow him at Vison Vinny on Twitter. Vinny, as always, a pleasure. We'll talk to you next time. Ben, Dan, good stuff, guys. Enjoy the rest of the night. Uh, we, we will. Uh, there's a development day in the meantime going on in Moraga, California. Big start for the Gales. We'll update you on that. Do a little more bubble conversation next as we wrap up hour number two on VEASAN Vet Center. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. is Beth Center on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. This segment of VEASAN Bet Center is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to ZYN.com slash find to locate a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. As we welcome you back, St. Mary's Gales finding their Zinn right now. Uh, Dan Leach joining us from Detroit. Uh, the, the Detroit City Cast host presented by Bet Rivers. Kind enough to hang out with us. Late on a Saturday night, but it helps, Dan, when you've got some sweats going and some sweats you're on the right side of right now because St. Mary's, who close 10.5 or 11 in most markets, coming out and blasting Gonzaga 31-18, three minutes to go first half. We are in a potential spot here, Dan, where all four teams on the number one seed line entering today could all go down, and Gonzaga now catching 2.5 on the live line. The thing that stands out the most to me in this game, Drew Timmy, 0 of 6 from the field. He has missed a bunch of of point blank range shots so far uh, you're sitting pretty though uh, with your position. I guess the question is, are you tempted at all 
to try and set up a little middle here for yourself and, and go Gonzaga uh, on get, go, go Gonzaga now down to that plus two and a half, considering they have just been dismal from the field uh, to start this game. Ben, you're a man after my own heart because I'm always looking for middles. But Let's go. tonight, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I think let this ride. I I'm not gonna even say stop the game. Uh, but this is why we talked about this earlier when you asked me why I, I took this tonight. And it's not like I thought that St. Mary's was you know gonna come out and maybe win the game outright. But I figured that even at worst they would be in this thing till the end. It's such an atmosphere there. Uh, they obviously have come out to play. You mentioned the Drew Timmy, you know, uh, monstrosity, the, the the bad stuff for him early in this one. And these are the kind of games where a team like Gonzaga, which we know is, if not the best team in the country, right there in the top two or three, we know they've got a chance to win their first national championship. And Chet Holmgren and, and Timmy and many others that are just so well put together and so well coached. Uh, but St. Mary's, they're a top 25 team for a reason. They're 23 and six. I know they play in the WCC and Gonzaga has a loss get there, but St. Mary's is, is just, I've taken them in a lot of these spots in recent years where they're playing at home against Gonzaga, or a team that they, you know, are, are getting some points against and they've come out and they've played really well and covered a lot of these games. So that's why I like them tonight. There's a long way to go. I mean, yeah. we're, we're towards the end of the first half here. But that's why catching 10 and a half, 11, you feel really good about it. Right now, I'm up 20 and a half. And I know there's a long way to go, but I just feel good about the way this game is flowing, about the way that St. Mary's is forcing Timmy into some bad shots, playing good defense. And and these are the kind of games that a team like St. Mary's, which we know is going to be in the tournament, can really work on their seeding and, and get a better matchup and be on, on a line where they're not playing in an 8-9 game or a 7-10 game. They're they're playing in a 6-11 game or a 5-12 game or a, there is a 4-13 game. So that's what these you know teams uh, late in the season against a good team like Gonzaga can do, really move their seeding up uh, and, and get a nice win that gives them the kind of wherewithal and the belief in themselves that once they get into the, the NCAA tournament, they can beat anyone on a given night. What's been so jarring, especially about tonight, is the points in the paint discrepancy for a team that has guys like Chad Holmgren and Drew Timmy dead in the paint. St. Mary's and Timmy just missed again on another layup. 0 for 7 now yep. from the field. Uh, St. Mary's 26, 8 points in the paint margin. And that's one of those where, you, you know, you can look at it on one hand and say, all right, this represents value from an in-game perspective. This, is, this has been Gonzaga at their absolute worst. But as we discussed earlier with Arizona and you know, Vinny Malula made the great point in our last segment of sometimes there are good losses for teams late in the season. Maybe these are spots where just, just kind of flat and St. Mary's it's another three now up 13 here with a minute to go in the first half. Uh, they're, they're loving it there in Moraga as are you Dan, but th this is where it comes into the fold of, do you get a little too cute and aggressive trying to in game a team when it has clearly been an off night or are you, are you still interpreting that as value? And that's where as better as we try to have, we walk a very fine line there. Cause sure. I mean, if you're looking at the box score here, Gonzaga has played as bad of a game as possible yet. This could just be one of those nights like Arizona, where they get a boat raced here for 40 minutes and never really threaten St. Mary's throughout, especially when you're having to pay a tax, only getting a two and a half or, or three and a half. We'll see where the halftime lines up settling, Dan, but that's, I know something you always are, are trying to hone in on and, and find value. It's not just these blind looks of, Oh, Hey, really good team is playing terribly on the road. Let me just auto fire on them. There's, there's a lot more nuance to it. 
Right, but let's talk about the three. Uh, of course, we're in the middle of this game right now. We'll talk more about it as we, as we go on. But let's take a look at the other three games that we've discussed, the, the potential one seeds. I, mean, I think we are in agreement that, you know, Gonzaga, Zona, Auburn, Kansas, clearly they're definitely Joe Lenardi's ones right now, and they are the consensus number one in all the different brackets, no matter which your uh, favorite bracketologist is. Zona, obviously a bad loss to a Colorado team. It's not, you know, they're not terrible. They're not really good. That's the kind of thing that a team that has two losses until tonight, now they have three, can really kind of – you know, I'm not saying go back to the drawing board, but reassess what they are, be angry about it, you know, kind of stew for a minute and, and refocus themselves. Auburn, you know, they lost to a good Tennessee team on the road. That Auburn team, obviously, with a couple losses. Same thing for them. Kansas, you know, Baylor, two top 10 teams. Kansas dominated early, gave up a lot of opportunities. You know, you can go back to the film room and, and they can talk about, all right, we, we had a chance to really put our foot on the throats of a really good Baylor team. Didn't do it, we lost. It's always better, as we know, Ben, to lose now and not lose, let's say, in a, in a conference championship game in the tournament or, of course, in the NCAA tournament. I'll give you a perfect example of Michigan State, Middle Tennessee State. I mean, Michigan State had played so well late in the year that year to win the Big Ten and was, you know, I think it was a two seed that year. And they just completely, you know what, the bad mm -hmm. against, uh, the, you know, Middle Tennessee State. If they had maybe lost the game late in the season. Things might have been different for them. I mean, St. Joseph's when they were undefeated uh, and trying to go undefeated as a one seed under Phil Martelli, now coaching the Wolverines, by the way, uh, for Juwan Howard. Maybe they would have been in a better spot if they had lost the game late in the year. These things can be positives when you've got teams that are as talented as Zona, Auburn, Kansas, and obviously Gonzaga. And once again, as I've been saying, St. Mary's is pretty darn good. I know they're on the eight seed line right now, but they're the kind of team that could be a five or six seed and maybe make a run through the tournament. And look, you could, and as you point out, Dan, you could look every single year in the bracket and find examples of, of exactly that. The teams that, that they came in with all the momentum and it played really well. But but yes, when, when the going got tough for them in a one-and-done situation against a hot team, an upset-minded team, they, they folded, and you see that every year. Well, we will see it again yeah. next this year uh, with a number of examples. We're going to get back into our, our bubble watch look here in a few minutes as, as we continue to look at some of those teams because for as much as we're trying to identify those teams maybe to stay away from in the one, two seed lines, we're also looking for those teams who could make a big run and, uh, you know, and, and be those teams that help you win a bracket come March Madness that, uh, that go into the second weekend from anywhere you know, from that eight seed line down to the 11 and the 12s, the teams that barely get in. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a lot to watch for on that. We are at halftime now. It is 36-21 St. Mary's. Just a, a, a perfect pick. They knew Dan Leach was coming on. BC they knew Benson, it. Right? I'm pretty, I don't know. I don't have any statistical evidence to say that, but it's definitely what happened. Gonzaga, I'm seeing laying nine and a half or 10 in the second half. So, like, like at Circa, uh, laying the 10, that means they are, at this point, getting five for the game. It's, it's like, it's, again, a juicy middling opportunity, but... He, what have you really seen, Dan, to warrant a play there being outscored 28-8 in the paint, drew Timmy 0 for 7 from the field? I'm not sure I would be running to the window to bet Gonzaga, I, even though on the surface it would look tempting. Best One of the best offensive teams in the country scoring just 21 points and a half. I don't know. I've seen absolutely nothing, and aside from losing that Cavaliers first at bet before we started the show, <laughs> everything that I had since we bet on live, I have won. I am not messing that up. I am not changing anything. I am sticking with St. Mary's, no middle. Of course, you know, and for people that don't know, you know, they don't really think about this kind of stuff. Trying to middle games is a great thing. You don't want to try to do it too much, though, and I'm just going to kind of let this ride. I think St. Mary's is going to win this game outright, Ben, which would be a huge win for them, and like we talked about kind of one of those, you know, reassessments type situations for a team like Gonzaga losing late in the season, you know, get their act back together and maybe not lose against. They are cutting down the nets 
uh, winning a national title. And this would be the first WCC loss for Gonzaga all year. So that is a game we will we will monitor. On the other side, we'll update some of these late-night marquee game scores. But for now, let's just run through a couple of games that have gone final since we've been on the air in case any, anybody was wondering and, and missed out on these. Hawks get a big win tonight as they try to crawl back into contention in the East. 127-100 over the Raptors laying three and a half in that one tonight. Bulls and Heat each in action. Your co-leaders atop the Eastern Conference. Heat had to withstand a furious Spurs rally tonight in Miami. They win 133-129 behind a massive Bam Adebayo game tonight. He was nuclear 36-7 and for Adebayo. Tyler Hero, 27 off the bench, who is now, what, minus 1,000, Dan, to win sixth man of the year. I think that bet is uh, is safe for Hero. Pretty safe. Pretty safe, Ben. Heat now go to number one in the East because the Bulls, uh, uh, despite 31 from DeMar DeRozan tonight, they fall 116-110 at home to the Grizzlies as a two-point dog. However, your Cleveland Cavaliers, they come back and win. Fourth quarter comeback, 92-86 over the Wizards. Do not cover, though, laying eight and a half. So you you at least got to win there, Dan, but I know didn't cover. It's okay. Can't get them all. It happens. It's all right. He's Where's that in the first half? Give me the first half win. Uh, th- yes, you got the first half. That's all that really matters, if, if we're being honest. We just want to cash the tickets. That's what the, that is what it is all about. We'll update the rest of the scores that we have not touched yet. Do some more bubble watch talk on the other side as we're halfway home right here on VSIN Bet Center. Get every. Get every. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.